What's up, everyone? This is Trey Van Camp, and you are listening to the Ministry Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Ministry Podcast. I am with my brother-in-law, John Bowen. Let me give you a little bit of an intro. Who he is? I'm really excited oh, this is about. Scary. I'm really excited Don't about let this you intro me. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I don't do anything professionally, so we'll see. I'll probably butcher this all together. Um, so when did I went, you write to, it down so you don't. I did it? not at all. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> so I went to California Baptist University, and there's one name you hear when you go to Cal Baptist, and it's John Boland. Who's John Boland? So actually, when you married my sister, I got huge street cred uh, with the music department, which is if you're not in the music department, you don't really hang around the music people. Uh, I don't it's know if you know that. World. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like homeschoolers, you know. So. Exactly. It's very much like I always felt like I needed a uh, green card. We to pride go. ourselves in the distance yeah. that we create. Yeah, the chasm. So, but they're like, wait, you're related to the John Bolin? I'm like, if I hear the John Bolin one more time. <laughs> but but actually, uh, what's really fun is I got to know John. I really by we went to Israel. That's right. Uh, last year in January, which is on my vlog, which was a really good time. Uh, but I even let you room with me. I know that's that, serious business, man. That was it was rough. I mean, no, it was great. Um, but an intro to him, he is a leader, a music minister. Is that what you guys call it? I was, sure. I was just say worship leader, but yes. I think that's, it's, it's yeah. a music minister of arts. Yeah. And, well, uh, the exact <laughs> title is minister of worship and arts. Dang it. I knew I was missing it, it but he's at Houston's but first Baptist church. And, I get up and wave my arms and, you know, call yeah. people to sing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But actually, again, I need to give a fair introduction here. So if you would just stop, you know. You know, uh, what it, cutting me off, I can give you I'll what you deserve. Let you go. I'm going to drink uh, my coffee. <laughs> but um, so he actually, we're a lot alike in that uh, he's done ministry his whole life. I've done ministry my whole life. He's helped lead a lot at a very, very young age. So have I. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm trying to compare myself to John Bowen right now. Um, but in his senior year, you actually were flown out, right? Every single weekend to help lead worship at Houston's First. And so I think that's really cool. Um, and then once you graduated, you took the job. How long have you been the music, the minister of worship and You're arts? Get this by the minister the of worship thing. and arts. Ten years, believe it or not. Wow, was when actually You're older just than celebrated I like three weeks ago. <laughs> Seriously, like three really? weeks ago. So Incredible. I'm like three weeks ago. <laughs> He's putting uh, so, two, hand, two two fingers, fingers up. up. Anyway, so three weeks ago, celebrated um, ten years at Houston's first, and like you said, they, we kind of did this. Back and forth thing, my senior year. So that's that cool. 10 years ago. And then started full time, which was so crazy. You know, wow. as a senior, all all my friends were trying to figure out what they're going to do. And yeah. I was on my way to the airport. So. Yeah, that's cool. And and so um, Paige is here trying to get an Instagram story, trying to sneak in. That's so weird, Paige. Okay, this is, I like the, the tone of this podcast so far. But again, let me give you kind of what I've noticed with John. He's really good at a few things. First of all, he has an incredible voice. So that... He's one-upped everybody in that category. The second thing I appreciate, though, is even though he's talented, he really works hard at connecting with people. Um, and so that's, I think, what separates the good to great. So he doesn't just use his talents like, all right, that's good enough. Um, he also uses his personal relational skills to take people to the next level, which I think is huge. And then also it's really cool. He doesn't just have a voice. He's really good at composing, is that the word, and writing, and um, and he puts uh, musicals together. And what's really neat is one of his musicals is actually right now being nominated for a Dove Award. So he is, you are listening to a Dove Award nominee. 
and it's my brother-in-law. So that's pretty cool. A, I think I can big, go. That's a bit. I think I can go deal. on and on, but um, you are my brother-in-law, so I still got to give you a hard time. So I'm going to stop yes, there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but actually, so you actually You're very came. Very kind. Thank you. you yeah. Did very well. With thanks. All that. I tried. You came a, a few uh, months ago now to our, our church, right. and kind of me and my dad's church uh, combined, and you. Gave, I, I thought the lesson was incredible. It's like a leadership lesson on connecting with people. And I thought, wow, this is so good. A lot more than just music. You can apply these principles in every area of life, no matter what you do in your life. You know, Even if you're not a the leader of the organization, it's very much just people skills. That's right. And so I'd love for you to spend some time with us on this podcast, kind of going through what you taught us and anything else you want to add. I just really love, what I love most about you is that Actually, the first thing I don't think about is your voice, which very much is incredible, but it's the way you connect. Like, I just love how you set the tone, you set the environment, and it really helps determine the rest of the outcome. I think it's incredible. I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah. Well, wow. Thank you. And um, I'll say this connection is such a a passion of mine and Mm. talking about it. So thank you for, for letting me to do that today. Um, as a minister, we're both we're both pastors in, yeah. in a little bit different formats in different cities, in different cultures. But connection uh, is what I believe is actually the first calling of all ministry. Right. Uh, because if you don't connect to your culture, and if I don't connect to my culture, where are we going to take them? How right. how could we lead them to Christ if we mm-hmm. can't connect yeah, them so to true. to uh, to the Lord? So, um, boy, I, I do this whole thing, and I won't won't get into it fully because I, I won't bore your listeners with the whole I think three hour thing that I did with uh, your with your you know ministry and worship teams. But um, I'll try to keep it really uh, I think broad and really, uh, but but uh, but hopefully really practical cool. because I I see a great need in especially the millennial generation, which mm-hmm. we both are millennials. No, that, you're the, too old. No, I'm actually just, just on the top. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I really am. I promise. People look no, like yeah, no, right. I truly am. Um, but we have a problem with our generation that they yeah. don't know how to connect. So they don't know how to co- have a conversation. They don't mm. know how to ask a good question. Like we can't have a. I mean, it's. I have interns that come and work with me every summer, and literally the first thing we deal with. Wow. Every summer is let's talk about how to connect with somebody. Wow. Not a congregation, because that's what we always think is ministry. All right, get up and let's talk. How do we deal with hundreds of people? That is false. That's that's down the road. What we have to deal with first is how do you connect one-on-one, because that's where ministry happens. Right. That's how... You know, you build a ministry. That's how you build disciples is one-on-one. Look at Jesus, how he Mm -hmm. did it. He got intimate with people in in a one-on-one, two-on-one, all these different things and had real conversations. Right. You know, told stories, asked questions to get down to real detail. And that's actually a skill. Like it's it's not something that, yeah. Yeah, totally. And so uh, one of the things that I I, I think is important and um, I think your listeners would find it interesting is, you know, the all of the ministers in, uh, in it came from a tribe of Levi. So if you go back in the Old Testament, I'm going right. to I'm going to go Old Testament just for a second, which I know you will love. Yep. But if you go back in like Numbers three, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go to Numbers a lot, you know. But right, right there yeah. is where God sets up this whole design mm-hmm. of the tabernacle, right? The tent, you know, He's setting up how this leadership model is going to happen, and He says. Uh, to the children of Israel, he says, because I saved all of your firstborn mm-hmm. back in Egypt, just a few chapters before, right? 
He said, because I saved them with the blood of the lamb, he said, I'm going to call them out and I'm going to have them work Hmm. the temple. So can you Mm -hmm. imagine if that happened? Everybody's firstborn would head to the church and start, that would be their job for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. So that's the way he designed it. However, in the next couple verses, he says, but in your place, I'm going to take Levi. So he takes all of one tribe and sacrifices, in a sense, everybody. So it's a wonderful picture of the gospel, actually. And if you look at Levi, the name Levi means to connect. Mm-hmm. The actual word really? comes from that. connect. It means to attach. It means to join together. Wow. And so literally, it's a, it's a God thing. How he brings it out and goes, your very name, mm-hmm. the very core of who you are, is going to be about connecting people. Wow. And connecting That's to the That's incredible. Lord. That's and cool. And so connection starts vertically. Obviously, that's what right. I tell our worship leaders. I tell, <clears throat> really, it's any leaders in any type of area of expertise. Your first goal is to connect. And for us in ministry and for us in the church as Christians, your first priority of connection is you personally vertically with the Lord. If it does not come out of a personal relationship with the Lord, if it does not come out of you daily coming before him, feeding off of him, feasting off of him, you know, in his goodness, then how can you pour out which that which you do not have already in your life? Right, right, right. So that has to happen. And as a worship leader, I get to then facilitate connection of people also vertically to the Lord. That's incredible. What an honor it is to get Mm. to do that. And then it doesn't just stop there, but there's also horizontal connection, which is probably what we're going to spend more time on today, is then also there's this connection from people to people. That's the community, right, aspect of Mm -hmm. the church that God designed for us to not be alone. It wasn't good for us to be alone. We connect with one another, and I get to facilitate that too as Mm. as a minister. In fact, it's Number one, my Our core job, calling, yeah. you know, and for you as a pastor, it's the same way. Long before you preach, you have to connect. Right. Because if you don't connect, they're not going to listen to you preach. My my grandfather always taught me, taught me this. I uh, When I was 16, I started going to different churches, uh, just like, you know, preaching gigs. He said the number one thing to do, get there early and open the door for everybody. Say hi to everyone. Right. And on the way out, make sure you shake everybody's hand. Connecting. That's right. You know, setting that tone or else they're not going to listen You're to you. You're setting up a relationship mm-hmm. so that they trust you enough to listen to you. Right. It's the same thing. And that, that goes for any. I mean, truly, I believe it's not just ministry, but whatever you're in, mm-hmm. if if you're only trying to get connection so that you can make a sale, right. it's not going to work. And people sniff but, that hey, out. Oh, don't they ever. You know, so, boy, just... Just remember, I think that's really a core of what we believe. It's what I believe. It's part of my philosophy and obviously my theology coming from Scripture. Boy, what we need to do is connect. So today we talked about maybe some real practicals of how to connect. And we just said, how do we connect with one-on-one? All right, so we're going to deal with the one-on-one. Yeah, because big. Like I mentioned, my interns, we come in. This is like the first thing I take them through, Yeah, right? Because we can't we can't have a conversation yet, hardly, you know? And I go, all right, let's talk about how to actually connect and have a conversation. So let me give you quickly five things, real practical, of ways to connect with people. Um, That is a genuine aspect of connection and relationship. That's Mm. so crucial. So number one is this, give your full attention. Mm. Give your full attention. Attentiveness, all right? Attentiveness means giving and showing the worth and the value of a person by giving them your full attention. We are so distracted today by everything around us. And it is amazing to me how many times I have a conversation and about 30 seconds into it, attention span has been lost and someone's looking on their phone or looking off and they haven't, I'm like, why would you want to keep talking to that person? They haven't even 
shown enough worth of who you are mm-hmm. to actually have a conversation and look at you in the eyes, have a conversation and be uh, attentive to you. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I do, I'm on platform a lot and I get off, I get off platform and people want to talk to you. And I really try even really mentally think I'm going to do this one at a time. Cause it's so interesting. You know, sometimes you're like, I need to get to everybody, but it, in a moment, whether it's 10 seconds or two minutes, mm. I try to look at somebody like there's nobody else there. You have my full attention. I'm totally concentrating on you. And it's your posture. It's the way you're Body language, everything. Mm -hmm. Everything communicates. We say that a lot in our ministry. Everything speaks. And so, boy, giving your full attention um, to someone is so key. And number two, uh, learn the power of a good question. Learn the power of a good question. So my dad, you mentioned my dad was in ministry for 45 years. Yeah. I learned so much. In fact, when we were on Israel, my dad passed away. We were mm-hmm. both in Israel. And so I, I've thought so much about all the things, uh, really specifically since he's passed away, so many things that I have just grabbed onto even more, right. you know, that he taught me. <clears throat> and one of those things was the power of a good question. So I would watch my dad. We'd go to anywhere, whether it was a restaurant or a conference or whatever. Dad would find the table that was um, in the back, you know, maybe, maybe someone's that you have no idea who's sitting there. It's uh-huh. not the head table. It's not the ones that, you know, the guests, they're the main speakers, the keys, whatever it is. It's, he would never go to that table. He'd mm. go to the back of the room and sit with these guys and begin to just ask them questions because he knew the ministry and the power that would happen by just asking good questions. And what I would watch as a kid, six, seven, eight year old, which at the time I was like ticked a little bit because I wanted to be at the head table. I right. wanted to, hey, so-and-so's up there sitting. I just want to mm. get close to him. And dad would not do that. He'd go to the ones huh. that needed people yeah. and he'd go and he'd start these conversations. And these were also people who were pastors. These weren't like just people. I mean, these were people who had their own ministries. And so he would say, John, let me tell you something. He said, let me tell you about the power of the five-question rule. So I'm going to let you in on the five-question mm-hmm. rule, okay? So I literally use this all the time. But he said, John, you always need to be ready to ask five questions. Okay. Always have it in your pocket. And once you ask those five questions, if you could look at them on a grid or just imagine in your mind on a grid, then underneath every question, depending on the answer to that question, you ask a follow-up five questions. So wow. now all of a sudden you got five, you got, then five of that. Now you're dealing with 25 questions underneath that. And then under those you have now, you know, so it keeps right. going and multiplying. And what he's, what he was teaching me was if you'll learn to listen to, if you, well, first, if you learn to ask a great question, secondly, really listen to an answer. And from that answer, begin to have follow-up questions that dig deeper and deeper. And then you keep going deeper and deeper. You will not only have a conversation, you begin to build relationship on a deep level, mm-hmm. all based on questions. Right. I mean, think about it. All life is starts, uh, all relationship starts with questions. Hey, my name is, what's yours? Mm-hmm. That's a that's the first question, right? You start right. begin to build relationship. So demand to always have, we call that our five question rule. Even in our, our house, I've taught my daughters this. I teach our team this. It's just, it's an easy tool to go, man, I can have a full conversation. I mean, literally I could carry on and I'm not trying to, no, this yeah. is not a pat on the back, but I could have a conversation for hours right. based on this strategy. That's actually when I first met all you guys for the wedding. I enjoyed it because there was never awkward moments with the Bolins because all you, all the Bolins do it. So I was like, oh, wow, I'll just keep answering these questions. And then we had dinner and the dinner was done. I was like, I didn't have time to ask about you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, exactly. And that was probably not good that we didn't give you a chance. But the point of it is, is that don't we all hate that awkwardness of like, right. who's going to talk? 
What do we talk about? Yeah, what do we talk about? I mean, truly, if you could just learn the power of the five-question rule, you will never be in that. Because I can Are there actual five questions? That I that I well I have some in my pocket that I can always ask you know like gotcha, if you yeah. if you have somebody new that you never met for boy are you from here I love where are you from I yeah. always do that well you know how many follow up questions you can oh, do man. from that one question right. where are you from I'm from the, oh cool how long have you been there relate and we talk about yeah, how, oh, how, yeah, oh yeah Arizona? where did you come or where did you grow tell up me about all of a sudden I can have a whole hour conversation just from that one question right well what do you do mm-hmm. okay oh, pff, there it goes all these questions that could come but it starts with a question so here's just a couple tips on questions since this we're talking about this because I'm I'm actually really passionate about it. Yeah. And I'm and I'm concerned <laughs> that people don't know how to do it. Yeah. Because it's so awkward to be in a conversation or be in a table and like nobody talks. Right. We don't know how okay who's gonna talk first. And then you're like you just keep asking people questions, right? But nobody knows how to actually a conversation is actually two way. You mm-hmm. know, but a lot of times it's just me asking questions, just trying to Get to know people and pass the time, you know, mm-hmm. because it's an awkward thing. So <laughs> I just had to say that, but that's what it is. So a couple of things is, man, be specific in your questions, right? So not too broad, not too shallow, okay. you know, because if you go, hey, I don't I don't even know what, a, uh, somebody asked me like, uh, wh- what do you like to do? Well, that's a really broad question. Like, right. really? Like, okay, well, let me, let me start counting the ways of all the things I like to do. You know, that's way too broad, you know, or what color do you like? That's a little shallow. You know what I mean? So you need to actually have this place where it seems uh, uh, specific, right? Or did what did I say? Did I say specific? Yeah, you said specific. specific. So secondly, be sincere, right, Mm -hmm. in your question. There's nothing worse than a a question that, you know, breeds insincerity, you know? And so one of the things I've learned is if you connect a question to your personal life, it sounds sincere. It really does. It actually Mm. comes across as sincere. So for instance... If you, um, if we're just getting to know each other and, uh, and I don't know, you know, becomes awkward moment. Like it is a lot with us. Right? Yeah, totally. All that, every so time. So awkward. Um, I say, Hey man, here's the deal. You've lived in Phoenix a long time. This Phoenix area page and I love to try new restaurants. When we go to places, give me some of your favorite restaurants. Hmm. What I've just done is connect it to my personal life because now you think, and it's true, uh, that, wow, he really wants to know this. This is part of, you right. know, so I'm going to get into this. Versus me coming out of the blue with, hey, what are your favorite restaurants around here? Like, that's just going to feel awkward, right? Right. But if I connect it personally. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> you're like, man, who's this guy, you know? But but if I connect it personally, hmm. man, hey, man, in ministry, I has got a couple questions. I'm struggling with, like, social media, and you do so great at that. Give me just, what if you, could you tell three so things that, that you love? It's a setup. For me to, I'm connecting it, and I'm being sincere about it, but mm-hmm. it even sounds sincere. But now I'm more excited to answer. Exactly. And you're like, wow, he really wants to know. Right. And that actually gets you excited to actually be honest, and and we actually, are, and you're now, you're passionate about it, Jedi right? Jedi tricks. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying that people come out of nowhere, you know, mm. just with things, and you're like, wow, that's that's whiplash, right? Another thing, yeah. don't change the subject too quick on a question, right? If we're talking about, you know, social media, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you just go to, hey, What's your favorite sports team? Right. What? Where did that come from? Right. Mm-hmm. Versus, hey, did, hey, did you guys catch the game last night? I loved watch. I watched it. What did you? Okay, I've connected it. Mm-hmm. We brought it in. You know what I mean. So, but don't change it because it can be whiplash, as we right. say. You know. So anyway, just a few pointers, and then a couple That's don'ts. Huge. Couple don'ts. Okay, these are mm-hmm. don't do it. Don't do it. Write questions. these down, people. No yes or no questions. That's a rule. Right. So even Gracie, my six year old daughter, at at dinner time, we sit around the table, and 
we'll be like talking about our day, right? And if Gracie asks a question that's a yes or no question, I'll say, nope, that's that's a yes or no question. It's a bad question. Hmm. Restate it in a way that's not, that doesn't say yes or no. So versus, hey, did you have a good day today? Well, that's a terrible question, especially to a kid. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you have that awkward like, okay, well, that didn't go anywhere. Versus, hey, Gracie, tell me what was the best part of your day? Well, now all of a sudden, she has to open up and actually talk. That's so much a better question. You know what right. I mean? So it's not a yes or no question. Uh, don't Like I said, don't ask questions that are too broad, too narrow, and then don't change the subject too fast. So those are just kind of some three things. Don't Those are the don'ts of questions. Hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah, so anyway, that's really good. Number two, learn the power of, of good question asking. Number three is to be a good um, connector of people or to have a good connection with people is to be an encourager. I've actually learned... Um, so much about this that people, something happens when you actually start to encourage one another. You compliment one another. You actually sharpen each other through encouragement, mm. not the other way around, right? Not not to chastise, but to actually encourage, to build up, as Paul says, you know, to use that. And I've seen people like walls will like be broken down in lives and the relationships just by a smile and like, let me just tell you, let me encourage you today. Right. I saw this. I saw you do this. And like, if and you really specific. speak and you speak into someone's life, it's like, oh my word, it's like your best buds. Right. It's amazing. And so, it's so rare. Too. Oh, it's so rare. And um, Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety weighs the heart down, but an encouraging word cheers it up. Yeah. So Houston, I'm from Houston, as you said. I mean, we've had a crazy year, starting mm. with Harvey in the fall, Hurricane Harvey that came through. Right. Man, this is one of the things that was so crucial and for our people. Beat by the Warriors? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, well, first Astros won. Yes, before okay, we then... Before we got to basketball, baseball, we did pretty well. <laughs> Sorry, I switched subjects yeah, too fast. Seriously, that was whiplash. whiplash. Come on, didn't you listen to point number two? So... Uh, Santa, I don't but it's know been a I, hard time in Houston. Yeah, it's been a hard time in Houston. I just remember us talking to one another and our team say, make sure you're encouraging people yeah. because, man, the anxiety, the worry, all of that, boy, we're all weighed down by that. But the Bible says to cheer someone up, encourage them. Right. Give them a good word. Mm-hmm. And so here's a couple things that I've learned about just being encouraged or just some, just some steps. One, make sure you connect to them. I know you go, well, we're talking about connect. But here's what I mean is you have to connect to people on their level. If I want to encourage my three-year-old son, Hudson, mm-hmm. who is going to be jumping off the walls, right? 90% of the day. Mm-hmm. I literally have to get on his level, hold his face, right? Hey, son, let me talk to you about something. Let me just say, I saw you when you opened the door for your mom. I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I have to connect with him on that level. It's different than me trying to encourage you. We're going to connect on a different level mm-hmm. or someone in my ministry or my pastor or whatever that is. Right. But you have to figure out how can I really connect to that person to actually get through to them? Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then it's, it's just going to fly off their back. They're going to be Teflon. It won't stick to them. Yeah. So know how to connect to them. Number two, be specific, right? Nobody likes, hey, you did great today. Right. I hate that compliment. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Give me, I would rather you say when, you know, as a pastor, if I was telling you, Trey, when you said this in point number two, blah, right. that I will hold on to that. That will do more for you than totally. me saying, oh, Trey, you preached great today. Great job today. Great job today. Yeah. No, that's not, you know, that's not specific. Be specific. And then another one is be sincere. 
So I know that kind of goes without saying, but at the same time, boy, there's something that happens in your tone, in your body language. When you look at somebody and say, man, I'm going to, again, give you my full attention, speak truth in your life and be sincere about it. Not just flippant, not just, hey, I'm kind of walking away and say, oh yeah, great job today. Man, I hate that. Mm -hmm. Stop. My dad was so good at that. He'd like grab my shoulders, right? And be like, nothing's happening until you hear the sincere encouragement that I have for you today. And then another one, which I think is important is um, when it comes to being encouragers, don't compare and don't criticize in your compliment. Okay, let me say it again. Don't compare and don't criticize in your compliment. So here's what I mean. I'm a type A, okay? So if you, which I get all the time, if you come to me and you say, hey, music today was like so much better than last week. Than last week, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm like... Okay. I didn't walk I don't away I do not hear the compliment. I do not hear a compliment in that. Or somebody said this to me the other day. They said, "Hey, I've really um I'm not you know, oh, they were talking about hymns. We did a hymn in the service. Hey, on some of the other days, sometimes I wish we did this, but today was awesome or today you did this." I do not hear any compliment. All I hear is is the that you hated every day that we've ever done, right? Right. Uh, someone, another one said, uh, hey, this Christmas show was so much better. Like, we just grew so much from last year. I don't hear a compliment because I go, boy, do you know how much work and passion I gave into last year? Right. So don't compare. It doesn't need it. A compliment does not need comparison. Mm. Just say, That's can I just speak right into there. your life? Just say it. You don't have, I think people, I know it's not out of a bad heart. In a lot of ways, it's not. They're just trying to, I think rate, <laughs> but right. don't rate. That's my point. Don't rate. So, man, don't criticize like and don't compliment. That's how most people compliment. It it, uh, it is not. I really, it's not a compliment hmm. at that right. point. Because, again, it's only an encouragement and only a compliment if the person that you're trying to speak into in their life receives it that way. So if they don't receive it that way, it's a fail. Right. truly is a fail. So right. that's another one. And then lastly is learn how people like to be encouraged. I mean, I think that, Again, may go without saying, but it's something that I had to learn as a leader. I love, if you step up in front of a group of people and you say, hey, let me just tell you something about John Bolin, a group of 100 people, whatever it is, and you give an encouragement, boy, that'll, that sends me through the moon. I love that. Public or praise. public mm-hmm. praise does a lot for me. I have learned that there's some people on my team that if I were to do that, they, they would, would hate, it, right? hate it. They would crumble. They Oh, it would just be awful, right? And so I've learned that there's different ways to actually show praise, right? Different ways to encourage. And so, man, dig into that. There's different places. You can look on blogs that I've even written about it that mm. this go, there's different ways to figure that out. So be an encourager and figure out kind of how that, that works. And so does that all make sense? No, totally. Stay with me. All right. So that's, so let me go back through. So number one is give your full attention to somebody. Number mm. two, learn the power of a good question and learn that process. Number three, be a good encourager. And then number four, Connect to build relationship and community, not to build your brand or your network. Hmm. So here is where we struggle a lot in ministry and people in general. We think, okay, I got to go into this church and to build my ministry, I got to get to know all these people because once I get to know them, then they'll start building something like this dream that I have out here or my name or my brand or whatever that is. People read right through it. We talked about it just a little while ago, but man, people read right through that. Don't do that. Learn who they are. Connect with them so that you can disciple them, that you can have a relationship with them. Then an outpouring of that is what happens in your ministry or your building, whatever it is. This just happened just a couple weeks ago, actually. 
I had this conversation with somebody. We were connected at a dinner uh, dinner party. We were sitting there, and I started to ask questions. Found out, you know, um, what they were passionate about. They end up. I ended up knowing or learning that they were selling something. Like that's what they did for their job. They sold something, a product. And I won't say it, but. All of a sudden, I start digging into that, right? Because that's their passion. I'm starting mm-hmm. to ask questions, want to get to know them. But then all of a sudden, by the end of the night, they're trying to sell me something. They connected to me on you know, on social media that were they were still trying to sell me something. I'm like, you're really, like what you're communicating is you want to get to know me so that I'll buy something right. or I'll, I'll, I'm going to network with something that you're doing. And it just, it just comes across insincere. Mm-hmm. And so, boy, don't do that. Really get to know somebody. In fact, some of the rules that I have, like if I go out to lunch with somebody the first time or maybe the second time, I won't talk about what I need from them, right. you know, or what I'm hoping to. You're just getting to know them. And then once you build that relationship, then you can talk about your needs. Then you mm-hmm. can talk about maybe what God's doing over here that you need help with. That's yeah. good and it's right. It's okay to do that, but just don't come across that way that right. you just are in this of what you can get out. Leverage of isn't love. Yep. Man, you're so good at those. Can uh, I write that know. down? <laughs> okay, so that's that's number four. And then lastly, you know, real quick, know the difference between being fully authentic and fully transparent. Okay, so there's two different things. And huh. this is this is what I mean by this. I'm interested so, in this. One. Well, like here's that. here's what I here's what I have found. Being fully authentic is so crucial. Being fully transparent is dangerous. Hmm. So here's what I mean. We have again, let's go back to our generation. We think they're both the same. So for me right. to be fully authentic with you means I have to be fully transparent and let you know everything about my life. And if I'm not, then I'm not really being authentic because r- true authenticity means I have to let you in on everything. And that is false. That is false. Even Paul goes, I have a thorn in my f- flesh. Right. He's being authentic, fully, but he is right. not, being not being fully transparent. transparent. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that if he let you in so much, you would you would focus on the the problem, not on the principle, right? Right. And so, what I think I've learned in with conversations and connecting with people, be authentic, be who you are, let them in on your life. But that doesn't mean that you have to be fully transparent. Mm. I I am not a big fan. Like this happens a lot. I'll ask one question. And it's like the floodgates open. And I've already learned about their entire life from that one question, all their dirty laundry, every closet's been opened. And you're like, wow, you know, like you need to be discerning in that. You need to have wisdom with how to, because again, you want to connect with people, but that happens over time, right? It's the, I mean, it's Shrek, right? It's the onions. It's layers, right? right? Let it be layers and it's okay. So you don't have to build trust with one conversation. Mm. But if you know as a leader, as people, uh, as, as, le- as really as connectors, if you're, that's why I see myself as a facilitator of connection. Man, learn the power of, look, teach authenticity. Teach the power of that. Let's be real with one another. But that doesn't mean that we air out all our dir- dirty laundry to everybody and be fully you know, my, uh, fully transparent. My professor one time talked about a pastor who was really successful, really good at everything he did. Um, but he always kind of got to a number, like a, let's say a thousand people. And he really felt a lot of pressure there. That was a hard number for him. And what would happen is everything was, the systems are in place. It looks like they're ready to grow. And then you come up on the pulpit and say, I am so stressed out. I've almost quit. I've almost, and he just lays everything about out about how he's not been doing well under this leadership and every single time their church stopped growing and actually decreased because people are saying, oh my gosh, you're going to leave us? We're not going to pour our life into here if you're Mm. talking about quitting. 
So there's a difference there between like they need it. That guy needs to be transparent with somebody, but not the whole congregation, but authentic. Like pray for me. I'm struggling. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I think that's a good. Oh, my dad that. would say that he, he would come to me and say, John's are certain. John, there's certain things that I just am never going to talk to you about hmm. as my son. It's just not the place for me to be fully transparent with you. Wow. You know, and that's yeah. what he was. He authentic. Are you kidding? It was the most authentic man I've ever known. Hmm. And was he transparent in some ways? Of course he was. Right. But there were some things that was just, there's a, there is a healthy separation there. Now, did he have people in his life where he could be? Did he have my mom that was completely transparent? Right. Of course he was. Yeah. But man, there, you know, I think that is so crucial. And we have a, we have a problem because honestly we think, or I would say a lot of people think unless you're fully transparent, well, you're not really you're authentic, not authentic. And that is false. That's I not true. I love that distinction. It's true, man. It's true. Wow. So, okay. Five things. I know it's a lot of content, but just yeah, recap it again. One okay. More time. So number one, make sure that you give your full attention to somebody and it's one-on-one. That's where relationship starts. Mm. One-on-one, not you know, one in a hundred. Okay, I can. That's a different conversation. This is one on one. Give your full attention. Number two, learn the power of a good question. Five question rule, man. Don't mm-hmm. forget that. All right. Yep. I'm going to ask five you five under those. You got five already in your pocket. That's number two. Number three, be a good encourager. Number four, connect to build relationship and community, not to build your brand or your network. And then number five, know the difference between being fully authentic and fully transparent. Awesome. Thank you. I love this. So good. Boom. So I'm actually, I have a leadership workshop, you know, yes. that I've been doing and I'm stealing some of that for this do it. Sunday. Do it. Um, I stole it from somewhere else. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I love the quote by Charles Spurgeon. I milk a lot of cows, but I churn my own butter, you know, so you it's go. like you get there it from everywhere else. Okay, John, where can people find you? I know you're not on YouTube as much as I am, but you're stepping up your game I'm trying. and it's been really cool. So tell them how can they get some of your content? Well, if you're looking kind of for leadership, life and worship lessons, if you will, we just started a podcast. You've mm-hmm. just been on it. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So it's called the Friends of First Worship Podcast. So check mm-hmm. us out. You can also look at my name, John Bolin. Check that out. Firstworship.com is like all of our ministry, right? So it's all our music. We, you know, we probably have 50 to 60 pieces of music all geared for different things in yeah. worship ministry. Ministry, from choirs to multi-generational worship to instrumental things to congregational led worship all that can be found on firstworship.com if you're looking just for me i have johnbolandmusic.com and i've got some of my own stuff up there but that's the probably easiest way to, to check that out all really really pretty websites yes because uh, i designed them um but yeah, also on that firstworship.com, on the resources tab, there's a lot of good blog posts and videos connected to his YouTube channel where they do like take tens and they do some interviews on how do you rally volunteers? How do you, it's really good content. So really One of our favorite things to do is if you it. send in questions, we'll just answer, you know what I mean? So, yeah. hey, how do you do this in your ministry? We just tackle the real, real issues. Yeah, boom, awesome. I'm super pumped with what they're doing. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Thank you so much for giving us your attention.